Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Thank you all for joining me. This is Andy Garcia checking in from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm excited today to introduce my guest, Lisa Gornell. Now, Lisa is checking in from San Diego, California. And let me tell you a little bit about Lisa before we get into it. I'm really excited to hear from her today because she's a very empowering person. Now, she's a spiritual medium, healer, mindset coach, and author. Now, she was born with the abilities to become one with your energy. She intuitively empowers successful entrepreneurs to step out of the hustle and constant and unfulfilling drive for more, you know, that unfulfilling drive for more, you know, it's, it's constant, you know, with some of us entrepreneurs and get back into the life they love to reclaim their time, relationship, inner game and energy so that they can get back to the lifestyle that they envisioned a freedom lifestyle. So thank you and welcome to the podcast, Lisa. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, and that, and you know, the a freedom lifestyle. I just want to tap into that because, you know, me also being an entrepreneur, a freedom lifestyle to create choices around how you are going to mold your life is extremely empowering. That time freedom ultimately, um, you know, is what I gravitate to towards most. You know, what drives me more or less even of the money aspect, mm-hmm. you know, in the financial side of things, you know, it's that be, the ability to say, you know what, I'm checking out at two o'clock today and I'm going to go coach my son in rugby, or I'm checking out at three o'clock today and I'm going to go watch my daughter dance, you mm-hmm. know, with her, with her academy and things like that. You know, it's just very empowering to be able to get up in the morning um, and, and make the kids breakfast and decide when I'm going to start my work day. You know, so a freedom lifestyle is, you know, and so just real quick, give your definition of a freedom lifestyle. That is actually my definition as well. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. I started in 2002. He started two years later in 2004. And it was really so we could be at home with the kids that they didn't have to go to daycare. We could work around their schedule. We can be there for all their, their moments. And so the financial freedom has come as well. But in the beginning for us, it was all about having that time freedom. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, Lisa, well, just tell me a little bit. Tell me your story and what exactly you do. So I became aware of my abilities when I was a child. I didn't realize that I was different than anybody else. I thought that everybody could see spirits, that everybody could see energy the way that I did. It wasn't until I was probably, I would say, in high school and closer even to my 20s that I started to realize that I saw things differently. And that's why I always was responding to things differently. But as a child on the playground, I would help kids that were struggling with things at home. I would help my aunt next door. She was my great aunt, actually, with whatever she was struggling with. Her husband had passed, and she was always missing him. So for as long as I can remember, I was helping people, like, get onto their best path and let go of anything from the past that was pulling onto them. So when I was 20, I did some work with a mind shaman, and I got my Reiki one attunement. I was in nursing school, and my whole life changed. Just like that. And with Reiki 1, I don't know if you're familiar with the Reiki attunements. Usually people don't really notice anything. They're just kind of like, yeah, I had the Reiki 1 attunement. Nothing really changed. They don't really notice anything until they get the second attunement or the master attunement. But everything changed for me when I had that first attunement. So everything that I had been seeing my whole life all came into fruition. So we went to see some family in San Jose. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. We went to San Jose and we saw all these people on the beach. 
And as they were walking by us, I could see their energy. I could see what they were thinking. I could see what they were holding on to. Everything that I'd already seen was totally intensified. And I kept looking at the ocean and I was seeing all these surfers and I would look back and the surfers were gone and I'd look back and they were there. And I was like, does anybody else see this? And so my boyfriend at that time, who's now my husband and my aunt were with me and they were just watching everything unfold. So needless to say, nursing school didn't end up being the path that I stayed on. I thought that that's what I wanted. But in my senior year, I made a change and I ended up starting all over again in schooling because when you go to nursing school, that is very specialized and it doesn't transfer over. So I had to start all over again, basically. And I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in like social sciences, so communication, sociology, psychology. So that ended up being my degree. And I really used the work to help people get back onto their best path. Very, very powerful. What a, what a story, what a journey, you know, from, you know, the early days of just trying to figure out you know, what it was that was going on and then how this progressed into now being able to help, you know, hundreds to thousands of people. And um, when we're discussing energy, just just talk, you know, maybe you could just talk about that briefly. Um, I know this is probably something that you can, you know, really discuss in a whole nother lecture, but when we're talking about <laughs> energy, because for me, everything is energy. You know, I, I'm, I'm trained in, you know, homeopathic medicine you know what mm -hmm. i mean so we learn the basis and the power of of plant and mineral and animal energy and how we can somewhat harness that which was very you know if we're just kind of tapping you know just quickly about homeopathy and how this was discovered 200 years ago you know again from a doctor just really harnessing and figuring out you know how to utilize energy in a different type of way um, so let's just discuss quickly, you know, uh, you know, what, what we mean by energy. So energy is basically like what is running us without even being aware of it. So I like to describe it as white light and colors because that's how I see it. But it's basically everything that we're operating at. We're multi-sensory beings. There's just certain things that we know. Like there's certain things that we know we should eat. There's certain things that we know we should do. We're constantly being guided by all of this energy around us. Our animals give us energy. The plants give us energy. The earth gives us energy. We're completely surrounded by it. So there's good aspects of it, but then there's also the aspects of, you know, if somebody's in a bad space or they're not happy, they're not, you know, they're not being nice to you. You're also going to see and experience that energy as well. You can even think about when you walk into a building or a room, you know if you feel safe or not. Right. So it can yes. be very simple like that, or you have a feeling about, you know, which way you should go or you were supposed to leave, but something told you not to leave. It's, it's simple and yet it's complicated at the same time, but it's basically running everything. Exactly. And, and, and I like to refer to, you know, the cell, you know, the, 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 the makeup of our body is down to the cell, right? And then within that cell is the nucleus. Mm -hmm. And then basically within the nucleus is just a little, is a, is a made up ball of energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's basically life. And we refer to energy, um, you know, as the, um, the chi or the mm -hmm. vital force, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and how do we balance that? and uh and whatnot so that is very powerful so let me let me talk about let me just ask you so how did you come you know how did you create the business that you're in you know how did you become a successful entrepreneur well it's, it's definitely been a journey it was not easy because when i started in 2002 people didn't know what a coach was 
they just, they didn't know, <laughs> you know, they were like, you're coaching, you're tall, are you coaching basketball? Like, what are you doing? Mm. People were not open to energy work back in 2002. They, they just weren't. And so it, it wasn't an easy path that I took. So I went from a very secure path in nursing. I specifically wanted to be a hospice nurse because I thought I could help people transition over and I could help the families that were dealing with the loss. And so I went from something that was a very secure thing that my family understood to something that nobody had heard of. So when I first started, it was, it was definitely interesting. It was a time of me really stepping into my power and, you know, getting very clear on what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with and how I could really help people. And it, it took some time. And then of course, you know, right after that, I had my first daughter in 2003. I had my second daughter in 2004 and, um, you know, babies and all that. So it was an interesting journey, but just slowly over time getting out there first, you know, I worked for free and then I worked for a little bit of money and it just continued to build through the years to the point now where I have programs and all my programs are a one-year program because I can absolutely help you in a one-hour session. I can help you in just five minutes. But if I want to help you create actual lasting change, I have to be there with you as we ride through all the parts of the year, the different holidays, the different seasons, right? Because we all have all these different triggers. So it was definitely a journey. Yes, definitely. And, and you know, entrepreneurism is you know, that, that journey can be a bit difficult and people have a hard time grasping it and it, and it somewhat can, you know, turn people off because of the fact that, you know, like you said, sometimes you're working for free in the early days, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and then you're working for a very small amount of money, you know, mm -hmm. um, but we're used to trading hours for dollars, you know what I mean? And it, that's kind of a culture, especially in the United States, mm -hmm. after the industrial era where, you know, before the industrial era, there was 90% of us were entrepreneurs, you know what I mean? Trying mm -hmm. to make a living and, and creating wealth themselves. But then as soon as the industrial era kicked in then everybody went to go to work for big corporations and whatnot. And then that mindset that everything shifted, should I say, mm -hmm. and now that it's what 10% entrepreneurs and 90% um, you know, work for somebody else as employees getting, you know, trading hours for dollars. So it's very hard for people to kind of step down this path uh, to become entrepreneurs because of the fact that there's, um, there's a bit of a paradigm um, that that is embedded in them to say, hey, you know what, I need to, you know, for the hour that I put in, I need to get paid for that, you know what I mean? But it's a long term process, you know, that you need to go through to be on this entrepreneur type journey. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what holds people back from achieving success in business. That is all mindset. Let's go back to your childhood. What did people tell you? What are you still listening to and believing? And it's also about like your family patterns. And I have clients that are adopted and it's so interesting when they've been reunited with their original birth family to see those patterns and beliefs that even though they weren't raised by them, it's like still in your DNA. Those patterns are still there. So it's about getting to the root of what is really driving me. You know, if you think that you're not worthy or you're not enough or you're not whole or you're not love, you're going to be trying to prove that in your business. And eventually you're going to find it. It doesn't matter how many levels of success you reach or what's happening. There's still something missing and lacking within. We're constantly being driven by whatever that is. And so you have to get to the root of what is driving me and is yeah, it working? 
Absolutely. You know, so let's, let's talk about that. I mean, let's dive in a little bit deeper there when we're, when we're discussing, go back to the, you know, childhood. Mm-hmm. So the mindset almost gets programmed back then from scenarios. So how do we break free from those childhood events ultimately to we somewhat retrain our mindset? Um, is, is there a process to that? Or is it just, of course. yes, okay. there's a process. Yeah. And I like to include energy work with all the mindset work because I don't think that the mind is powerful enough on its own, just to remove it and replace it with a positive thought. The mind likes to categorize and organize, but it still is going to pull into those subconscious memories that you're not able to tap into on your own. And so the thing I like to recommend is to go back to being a child. What is your earliest memory of being a child and knowing what success meant. What did it mean to have money? What did your family say about the things that you were doing? Just kind of get into that space and realize what they were telling you. And then I want you to look at your life today and see how what they said back then is still affecting you and driving you today. And then we need to look at that and say, is this working? Is that right? Is that supportive? Is that what I want to be operating my life You know, we we really need to assess, does that work anymore? I have an example that my aunt, um, she went to her mom one day and she's like, mom, why do you keep cutting off the end of the roast and throwing it away? And her mom's like, well, I just do that because that's what my mom always did. So my aunt goes to her grandma and she's like, grandma, why do you cut off the end of the roast and throw it away? And she's like, because it doesn't fit in my roasting pan. So that's just an idea of like how these beliefs and ideas that started our kids that get handed down from generations and then they're guiding you and helping you make decisions on what is right and wrong. And sometimes your family's on board with your career path, sometimes they're not. All of those elements play a piece. And so you've got to pay attention to, okay, in this moment, what am I thinking? I gotta do this, I can't do this. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. No matter what I do, it's not gonna be enough. I have to do all this for everybody, nobody can do anything. Whatever these beliefs are that you're playing, that's controlling where you're putting your energy. So we want to become aware of that. And if something's no longer working, you need to catch that thought in that moment and you need to stop it, freeze it, imagine a stop sign. I don't care how you feel like you want to stop it, but you want to stop it. You kind of want to let it go, just kind of push it off and away. And you want to be grateful for something, something that you are truly grateful for in that moment, because that's where our power is. That's what brings us into the present moment. So when my kids were little, I would be grateful that they couldn't open this little closet door in the bathroom. They didn't know how to open the door yet, right? So I'd be like, I'm so grateful I can have a minute where I can just breathe. And they don't know how to open the door yet. But I'm grateful that one day they're going to know how to open the door. But I'm grateful right now that I have this moment. And sometimes it's just knowing that you can take a deep breath of air. Or maybe you can, you know, go for a walk with your pet or whatever it may be. But it's something that you're truly grateful for in that moment that brings you into this moment. And then depending on how ingrained that thought pattern is, you might find yourself having to be grateful for something every other minute, and then it'll go to five minutes and then 10 minutes. But eventually you're going to reprogram your mind and your energy that this is what I'm focusing on. That's no longer operating for me anymore. I am so grateful for whatever I have in this moment. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I, lo- I love that technique. You know, that's, that's awesome. Because we talk about g- gratitude quite a bit within my business, you know, and I, I run a, a training program every six weeks called, you know, next level leap to try and, you know, keep people accountable for their business and their actions. And at the end of every day, 
I have them do five, a gratitude journal, you know, write down mm -hmm. five things that you're grateful for that can help bring you back into balance. But I love doing that on the spot. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's take those five things and let's work them throughout the day. So maybe that's something I can implement with myself and in my program, mm -hmm. uh, because that is, that's, that's, a powerful tool. And I think people get a lot stuck quite often when they get these thoughts, like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel, I hear these thoughts, these, these uh, limiting beliefs that come up for me, you know, how do I continue my momentum, you know, because those thoughts stop me in my tracks mm -hmm. and uh, using, you know, the power of gratitude, you know, can really set people back in motion. It so really great technique can. there. Yeah. yeah. When we when we write it down at the beginning or at the end of the day, it's powerful, but it's not powerful if we don't put the intention behind it. If we're just writing down things to be grateful and it's just becoming a chore or a routine, it loses all of its power. But if you're doing it in a way when you're doing it at the beginning and the end of the day and you're being very intentional with it and you're feeling that gratefulness through your whole body, I mean, from the top of your head down to your feet into the earth, it's a game changer. And then if you start implementing that throughout the day, as these thoughts are arising that you can't do this, or you're not good enough or whatever these beliefs are that are no longer serving you. And you just say, I am grateful for this chair and you really mean it. And that's what you're grateful for. It totally shifts everything for you. Right. You could feel it too, right? You could feel mm -hmm. that vibration taking over, you know, it's that, it's that low and that high vibration kind of balances that, you know, so obviously, well, not obviously to me, um, you know, I understand it, but maybe for those of those that don't know that those negative words are playing on a lower vibrational level, right? When, in terms mm -hmm. of energy and then these positive um, thoughts and whatnot, and then and the gratitude and whatnot is playing on a higher vibration. So the higher the vibration, the more healthier the being is, right? Exactly. Um, the more healthier the mindset is. So you I mean, you can feel that, you know, ultimately run through your body and go, oh yeah, that's, that's nice. That's very powerful. So um, yeah, great recommendation there. I love that technique. Let's talk about, you know, what other recommendations would you give for those feeling overwhelmed in business in general? So we need to think about what is our bigger vision? And I always like to tell people, just imagine yourself two years, three years in the future, you know, doing everything that makes you happy in your work and in your family life and every area of your life. And allow that energy to come to you right here, right now. So you can just imagine that in your head, like have a vision of it and allow that energy to flow into your chest, into your arms, into your hands and into everything around you. So that kind of helps course correct you and helps you stay on that best path for yourself. But other things that you can do that are even practical is just really being aware of your time. That's the biggest place where entrepreneurs lose everything. Like if you pull all the entrepreneurs out there and you say, what are you struggling the most with? They're going to tell you time. It's all about the time. So how can you create a work schedule that supports you? How can you create time in your schedule for the relationships that matter most to you? And a lot of times entrepreneurs are oblivious to the relationship woes because they're so focused on their work. But your loved ones are going to be telling you, hey, I need to see you more. You're not with the kids enough. You need to do this more. You know, so we need to listen to those people and realize that while the work brings us joy, the work's not everything. We're here for more than our work. So what can you do to start reclaiming back some of your time? Have more fun in your relationships. Have more energy. What are all these different things that you can do? And they don't have to be difficult. 
But if we're working all the time, that's not the answer. So that's always the biggest thing I say is let's look at how much you're working. Because if you came into being an entrepreneur for time freedom and you're working 90, 100 more hours a week, that's not time freedom. Right, exactly. So, you know, I'm just thinking about this. What What is it with entrepreneurs, you know, that they get kind of stuck in this, you know, go, 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 constant drive, like we talked about earlier in, in the introduction, you know, it's constant mm -hmm. drive to, for, for success. Is that because the, you know, in the beginning, the early days of creating this business, there is no um, funds coming in. So it's kind of a stuck paradigm of that trading hours for, for, for dollars again. And now you're, you know, you, maybe you've given that up and now you're, you've gone to this, down this entrepreneur journey um, and you're not getting those hour, you're not getting paid for those hours that you're putting in. So you feel that you have to go harder and push harder um, and then therefore lose balance in, in other parts of your life it, or, you know, what, what are your thoughts around that? Well, I definitely think that that is one aspect of it. I think that it's multi-dimensional. I think as entrepreneurs, we're always proving something. It, it starts off as I'm going to prove that I am worthy, that I am enough, that I am love, whatever it may be for you. Those seem to be the three core things that I seem to find with entrepreneurs that they're trying to prove and they'll prove it through their business. So it may be like for me, there, there was no avenue for me to take this work into a business at the time. I mean, I could get contract work, but it wasn't long term and I would just kind of come in and I can read the energy of what was happening in the situation and what they needed to do to course correct. But there was no stability in that for me back in 2002. So for some entrepreneurs, they're creating a job because there isn't a job out there that they want to do. There isn't a way for them to practice in the way that they want to practice. And so they're going to they're gonna do that. But I know when I began, I was proving that I was worthy. And so if we can all relate to what, what was driving us in the beginning, and are we still trying to prove that? Because at some point, the energy that helped us start our business when we had to do everything and we were everything and we were so involved, that energy is not sustainable as we continue to grow our business. There's a point in time where we have to reassess and say, this isn't working for me anymore. This is holding me back. So I need to let go of these beliefs I had when I started my business a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it may be. And what is now going to help me take my business to the next level? Am I still trying to prove something? And if you are, why? <laughs> if you've been in business for a long time, what are you trying to prove? There's nothing for you to prove anymore. You're doing it. You don't need to prove anything. But in the beginning, we're proving something. We're proving that we can do this. We can create this out of nothing, but we don't have to keep creating it out of nothing. Absolutely. Now, even, you know, that being said, that you can even take a step back and go, you know, where, what point in your life and usually, like you said earlier, it's, it's back to that childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know, where, where, when did you become not worthy in your life? You know, mm -hmm. and let's dive right back into that spot and, mm -hmm. and let's tap root that area. And so we can release you from um, being, feeling that not worthiness of, let's say, age five or age six. I, I give that example because I always go back to about that time, <laughs> you know, from some of the work that I've done with my coaches and whatnot. So it's always like age five, age six. Um, so anyways, go back to that time and when you first experienced not being worthy and let's break through that so then we can end this cycle of not being worthy. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, uh, yeah. It, it's, Some people can go back to in utero. Some people yeah. can go back to in utero where one parent didn't want them. Yes. 
I mean, we yes. can go deep. We can go super deep. And so you want to go back as far as you can remember. And if you feel like you're making it up, you're not. You can't make those things up. You just start tuning into it. You're like, that's you tapping into your intuition and your abilities in another level that we don't often discuss in our society. But we can go back to, to being in utero and how did we feel there? And then how did that then affect us when we were six? Right. And then how does that still affect me now at where I'm at in my life right now? Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about intuition, you know, so discuss how you can use your intuition for guidance. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I like to say that your intuition is your internal compass. It's always guiding you on your best path. And so if you're trying to go to other people to have them tell you, like if you're trying to go to a psychic and have them tell you what your best path is, we start to get a little skewy because they're putting their energy on it. Your best, your best result is going to come from you tuning in directly. And the best way for you to connect with your intuition is for you to make time to be each day. And I put be in quotation marks, not like be on your phone or like, you know, absolutely watching TV or whatever, or you just sit for even if it's just a couple minutes each day to allow yourself to be quiet and hear what messages are trying to come to you. A lot of people don't make that time. And so they'll get it when they're driving their car, or when they're doing laundry or they're washing dishes or maybe making dinner. They'll just have insights or a thought or a feeling or a word or something that comes in to help guide you. But you're being guided by your intuition in every moment. It's just a matter of whether you're paying attention or you're ignoring it. And the more you pay attention, the more you hear it. The more you ignore it, the more it tries to come through. Exactly. You know, that's very powerful, you know, to really grasp that concept too. And I guess we're constantly using intuition and we're just, we're just maybe we're just oblivious to it as well, mm-hmm. you know, or just mm-hmm. really haven't, you know, figured it out quite yet. Um, very interesting. So... You know, with intuition, you know, I want to just actually let's let's go to, you know, the thought process. So how do you stop negative thoughts from taking over? Or is it just, you know, is there other techniques besides what we've discussed um, with the gratitude or, you know, just talk about that. So I find for people that the most practical and easy thing for them to do is to stop the thought, let it go and be grateful. But I also teach energy work that's very simple for you to do, to practice, to help you get to it at a deeper level. So that exercise is great if you just have like one thought coming up and you want to kind of nip it in the bud while you're meeting with a client or you're talking to somebody or whatever that may be. Something else you can do is let it go. Like just do like a little letting go process for yourself. And so before you ever do letting go, I always recommend that you bring in the white light which is like your natural chi, right? White light is God, love, universe, source. It's not denominational. It's whatever you want to call it, but it's our energy. So you've heard that we're born into the white light. We cross over into the white light. At all times, we are the white light. But what happens is as we get stressed or worried or frustrated or mad throughout the day, we store that negative energy in our body to deal with later. And I'm putting later in quotation marks because when is later? Usually when you explode at something days later that had nothing to do with whatever triggered you in that moment. So we become creatures of hoarding all this negative energy and we're not letting it go. So if we know that when I was five or six, I had this experience and I don't want to have it anymore. I don't want to keep pulling that in. We can go to that time when we were five or six, bring the white light into us. Imagine yourself as a five or six year old and whatever that struggle was, let it go. 
pull all of that energy out. You can imagine it like smoke or like weeds. Pull it all out and surrender it all up into the universe, surrender it to the sky, whatever you want to call it. Let it go. And then you're going to do it to yourself right now in your physical body right now. Like, where am I storing that energy? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my chest? Is it in my neck? Where is it? And you want to pull it all out and let it go. And then you want to refill it with a pastel color. Usually you're going to do green, orange, or soft blue. Always soft pastel colors. And you're going to fill that whole space. So wherever you feel like you always hold your tension, that's the area you want to work on. And then you want to add in an I am statement. I am peace. I am supported. I am whole. I am worthy. I am love. Whatever I am is best going to support you in that moment. But that's something that you can do that takes up a little bit more time than just saying I am grateful. But it's going to help you really get to that root of that problem. And if you combine that with I am being grateful, it's a game changer. Yes, and you can really see how that can get people over the hump and then back into action, you mm -hmm. know, and, and having these negative thoughts hold them back in so many different ways. Now, here's a great technique to help break through that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really that when it comes down to success, it's like, you know, we, we, if we can stay in momentum and have that be balanced momentum as well, you know, so it's not a hundred miles an hour, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but it's just like that cruise control 75 on the freeway type pace. You know what I mean? If you can just kind of maintain that, but every now and then these negative or constantly, should I say, these negative thoughts <laughs> come in and they, they ram us left and they ram us right. And we hit them head on, boom, boom, one after another. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel these limiting beliefs come up, um, you know, so then we shut down and then we stop our action, you know. So it's like, here's a, a powerful tool uh, that we can utilize to help break through, you know. And that's why I love the work that you're doing because – you, you know, you're 100% correct. It's, it's, you know, have being able to utilize a tool to break through these, these uh, negative thoughts that are keeping us from achieving what we want, you know, or knocking mm -hmm. us off our path. And, you know, as a, you know, holistic animal health practitioner, even though I, you know, work with animals, you know, I, I my, my schooling is all around holistic health in general, you know, and we always go back to, you know, the emotional upset as being the core of the, the uh, you know, 90% of the time, the core of what's going on physically, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just as you just explained it beautifully, where it gets, you know, stuck in the body somewhere, mm -hmm. and then eventually that's going to need, that's going to have to manifest itself. It's going to have oh, to come it, out. Oh, it does. It, it, and it will physically manifest into something if we don't let it go. And interestingly enough, if we go back to families, that's sometimes how certain diseases or conditions continue to reappear in family lines because you've learned from your mother or your father that this is where I'm going to store my energy and you store it in the same way that they did. Yes, absolutely. And then it just keeps repeating, you know, mm -hmm. over and over again. And that has to do a little, I mean, I'm just kind of free thinking here, but is that epigenetics that is passed on? And is that kind of stuck in the DNA through epigenetics? I don't think it's stuck. I don't think anything with energy is ever stuck, but I think that it's, it's obviously learned patterns and behaviors too. But again, when I have clients that are adopted, they have the same patterns and beliefs. And so I do think that it's also energetically handed down. It's just, 
we're all one. Like energetically, at the end of the day, we are all one. We're all connected. And so it's so easy for all these things to get tied in. And we're really about what can we heal? How can we heal this? How can we become whole again? How can we stop fragmenting our energy and focusing on all these things that don't matter? Like what really matters? And so if we start to recognize, well, my mom struggled with this and my dad struggled with this, my grandma struggled with this, I'm seeing the pattern. I'm seeing the patterns in communications. I'm seeing the patterns in illness and disease. I'm seeing the patterns in their relationships. I'm seeing the pattern in how they felt about money. Like it's, it's, it's complicated, but at the same time, it's, it's simple, right? It's where we have all these layers guiding us and we have to get to the root of what is guiding us. Do we still want this to be guiding us? And do we want to change it? Cause that's the key. We can always change it just because I came into this genetic situation, this energetic situation does not mean that I have to stay in that situation. I have free will. I can shift and change and get onto a new path at any moment. But the key to that is I have to be ready. And if you're not ready, you can't do anything. You're just dead in the ground. Absolutely. Well said. So let's talk about entrepreneurs. You know, what type of advice would you give to them that I know, quote unquote, I'm going to use the word again, feeling stuck in their business. So if you're feeling stuck in your business, are you feeling stuck because this is no longer your passion? Did you take on something that somebody else told you you should do? Did somebody say, hey, you would really be good at this job, you know, and you feel like you got stuck into it? I think the most part entrepreneurs just get stuck into a rhythm of doing the same thing every day and not having any energy or time to reassess what they're doing and to see if it's actually working. And I think that makes them more stuck than anything else. They just get stuck into running the business the way that they did when they started however many years ago. And that just continues. So you need to look at why am I doing? What am I doing? Is it working? Do I still want to operate this way? What did I become an entrepreneur for? I always like to say, go back to that vision. Like, where do you see yourself in three years? You know, doing work you love, having the impact that you would like to have, making the money you would like to make, having the relationships you would like to have, and allow all of that energy to come to you right here, right now. And then you can say, okay, this is what I want, and I'm not doing these things. Let me start taking action on these things. But if we just sit there and we wish and pray and hope for something to change without taking any action, even with energy work, nothing's going to change. Definitely. And, and I guess there's also an aspect that might come up too is, you know, let's say they're, they're an entrepreneur and they're, they're still trying to really, you know, get there, um, you know, and create, create a business that would, you know, provide them time freedom and, and uh, financial freedom, but might be, you know, hitting, hitting the wall with these thoughts, right. That might mm -hmm. keep them, you know, from, moving forward in their business, mm -hmm. you know, so there, there may be, you know, a bit of aspect of, of these, these thoughts and you, you provided so many techniques that, you know, can help, you know, get them through the, mm -hmm. the, you know, sticky situations to where, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling a bit, you know, um, hesitant to move forward, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, very, very, very powerful, um, advice there. So let's talk about some techniques in general, you know, so, you know, just let's, let's take out the entrepreneur aspect and let's just talk about life, you know, cause I think, you know, being an entrepreneur is very powerful, but like you spoke about, um, you, you need to have balance, uh, in life in general. So let's talk about some techniques to maintain balance in life. 
So I like to begin and end my day with a routine. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a complicated routine, but we're creatures of habit. So if we wake up in the morning and we're touching our social devices, whether it's our phone or our laptop or our iPad or, you know, whatever it may be in the morning, we literally are going from waking up to hustle without even realizing it. And then as we go throughout the day, when things come at you and surprises happen and you get triggers thrown at you, you're not in a good place to respond to them because you're already thrown off from how you began your day. So I like to recommend that we begin our day by just bringing in the white light, just bring it in really quickly before you do anything, before your foot touches the floor, before your hand touches anything, just bring that white light in very quickly and just throw in a couple I am statements. I am peace, I am calm, I am abundant, I am well, whatever you wanna say. But I like to say I am and then one other word because I find that we remember that better. Our mind can really focus in and hone on that. If we try to make it big, long, complicated, we lose it. And so begin your day by bringing in the white light in an I am statement. And then start to get ready for your day without checking any of your devices. Wash your face, get dressed, eat your food, enjoy your warm beverage of choice. You know, let the smoke, the steam hit your face and just relax and breathe into your day instead of just jumping into the day. And then once you've gotten ready, then go ahead and check your emails, check your social media, check everything that you need to do, check your calendar, all of that stuff. And then you can go off into your day. I also recommend that people pause and eat lunch. A lot of people do not like to eat lunch or they just say that they eat a bag of chips or whatever. But the thing about having that time for lunch is it allows you to reflect on your day. You know, is there something that I need to shift, change? Did what I do this morning, do I need to add anything to it? Whether that's like more family time or more work time or changing a meeting or do I need to take a nap? You know, what is it that I need to do? That lunchtime allows us to have that inner reflection period in the middle of the day. So whether it's a Sunday or a Wednesday, I really recommend people take that lunchtime. And then we need to have a nighttime routine. A lot of people have a hard time falling asleep at night on their own. A lot. It's a big problem. And so I like to recommend that people create a nighttime routine. There's a reason why we give children a bedtime routine. There's a reason why you had a bedtime routine as a child. We need to continue that into adulthood. It's not like, wow, we're an adult now. We don't need to have a bedtime routine. We can just do whatever we want and go to bed because you guys, it's not working. It's not working for the majority of people. So yeah. create a routine that allows you to start to shut your body down. You know, get off the devices, get off the TV, relax into your evening, you know, wash your face, get ready for bed, whatever that process may be for you and start to like let go of anything from the day that you're still holding on to. So that way you have a really good sleep at night. You're not thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. You're not analyzing what you did today. You're just letting go of anything that energetically it's time to let go of. And I tell you, when my head hits the pillow, I am out. If my husband wants to say anything to me or if he wants to give me a kiss and my head has hit that pillow, it's done. It's too late. <laughs> it's done. And he's like, how do you do it? Well, because I have a routine and I've been doing this routine for the last hour and a half. You just didn't know I was in my routine, right? And so if we create that routine, that allows us to have more balance because most people aren't getting enough sleep. And if you're not getting enough sleep, that's going to throw you way out of balance. So if we're eating what we're supposed to be eating, we're eating what we're supposed to be eating because your body is going to tell you when you should eat and what you should eat, and you're getting enough sleep, those are just simple, non-energy things that you can do to help get into balance. But then you can add these other little pieces in. You can add the energy working throughout the day and all these other elements to really help you be 
and balanced, no matter what is happening around around you. Yes, absolutely. That was incredible because you're you're just spot on. You know, you just you just basically explained my day. You know? In, in terms of the, you know of the non balance, you know, so you know. I get that, you know, waking up and you want to go, you know, I want to go grab my device and check mm-hmm. the email. And especially because I live in New Zealand and, mm-hmm. and a lot of my business is back in the States and business is already, you know, it's already 12 o'clock starting mm-hmm. noontime by the you know, time I wake up and whatnot. So I'm constantly grabbing the device and I have to like check myself. Mm-hmm. I realize that this is a bad habit and I have to check myself and go, you know what, leave that down, get up go check on the the farm, go check on the chickens, let the dogs out, make coffee, mm-hmm. you know, get into a bit of a routine before you grab that device, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the whole time my, my mind is going, you know, it's, it's that inner battle, right? Cause my whole, the whole time I'm doing these things, you know, <laughs> I hear this little voice going, you know what, you know, you might, you might be missing that or you might, did you forget to check in with this person, you know? And, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm still attached to what's going right? on in the States, you know, energetically. It's like I could feel that, you know. Right. And then I love what you said about the lunchtime break because I've never really taken it, you know, looked at it in that type of way as a time to reflect on what has occurred, you know, through the first half of the day. That's a mm-hmm. great way to, to approach it. Mm-hmm. and take a bit of time for reflection. Usually it's just, oh, you know, try and jam some food in as mm-hmm. as possible and then, you know, kind of get, get back to work. But if you actually take a little bit, if I take a little bit of time to reflect on what's going on, I can see how that can really bring a bit of balance to, to the middle of the day. Um, and then the nighttime routine is very important as well. You know, and I love what you were saying. You know, I, you start that like an hour and a half before <laughs> and then boom, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you know, it, it, it's all said and done and you're able to get your restful night's sleep, which is very important, especially now, you know, the big thing nowadays is immune system and supporting mm-hmm. the immune system with what we got going on with the crisis, um, you know, globally. And sleep is just is a very powerful way to boost the immune system. And if you, if you have this nice routine, so where you can go get to sleep as soon as your the head hits the pillow, then that's just a phenomenal way to help boost your your overall uh, well-being so you know love love that technique that you provide there um you know let's let's talk about you know some a few other self-care um tips and whatnot so first of all discuss the importance of self-care and tips to manage this so we're interesting creatures we like to take care of everybody else and we put ourselves last especially moms moms are notorious for this but the thing is, is like when you get on an airplane, they tell you, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help everybody else. So the more people that you influence around you, whether it's children or family or workers, employees, whatever it may be, if you're not in a good place, you're throwing that energy out there to everybody around you. And when people think about self-care, it's always interesting to me. I've actually had people fight with me about this on social media. People think like getting their nails done is self-care or getting their hair dyed is self-care or you know, getting Botox as self-care. And I personally don't consider those things as self-care because usually you're putting some sort of a chemical on your body, in your body. And then secondly, when you see people at those places, they're not relaxed. They're not enjoying the experience. They are on their devices. They're not present. Anytime you're thinking about self-care, it needs to be something where you're present in this moment and you're meeting the needs of your body. It could be something as simple as going for a walk. It could be taking time to be, taking time to meditate. It could be 
you know, going to the lake or ocean or river because you feel like you want to be by the water. It could be spending time with your pet. It can be so many other things. It doesn't have to be something that you're spending money on, but they need to be things that rejuvenate you, that fill your cup back up so that way you're not always pouring from empty. Think of it like a cell phone battery. You know exactly how much battery you have on your phone. You need to start doing the same thing to your body. And the self-care is how you plug yourself back in. So when you start to get empty, <laughs> you're going to need to do more self-care, right? But if you yep. keep doing something every day, then it's not as bad. You're not as depleted. Exactly. I love that. Ex the examples that you give there and the <laughs> oxygen mask, you know, is, is, uh, is brilliant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, put that oxygen mask on for yourself because you're going to be in a better place to now help your child next to you. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's basically, you know, fill yourself back up mm -hmm. so you can be more present. Uh, you can feel more balanced. You can not feel overwhelmed or burnt out, which leads me to my next question. So uh, do you recommend self-care to help overcome burnout or, or is there um, other advice that you would give here? Well, the burnout gets a little bit more tricky because there's a lot of things that you, we have to do to put into place to eliminate the burnout. It goes back to our time and how we're using our time. So you want to create more of a freedom lifestyle when you start to realize that you're on that point of burnout. You want to pay attention to where you're putting your energy and why you're putting your energy into those places. You want to start implementing in more self-care because if you are on the path to burnout or you're close to it, I guarantee you, you're not doing any at all. So you want to make sure that you do start implementing some self-care routines into there. You want to take vacations. And I'm not talking you guys about working vacations. I know everybody in the world does working vacations now because you can work. And we're proving that right now with this current crisis that we're in. We can work from our devices, but we need to be able to turn things off and unplug and be present. Our power comes from being in this moment, not living in the past, not living in the future, but right here, right now. So I want you to think about what can I do to be more present? because that's gonna help you slow down that path to burnout. Because when you're in that burnout path, you're very forward thinking, you're, you're all about the future, you're all about, I need to hit this goal, I need to do this thing, I need to do this thing. So much so that you can be with family, friends, whatever, they're talking to you and you're not even hearing what they're saying because you're so focused on what your next task is gonna be and when you're gonna do it and how you're gonna do it. So we really wanna just, if you're on that path to burnout, I just want you to start thinking about how can I be more present? Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I believe a lot of times, you know, me personally, I should just speak for myself. You know, it's either, it's either thoughts from the past of, you know, maybe it was yesterday and how business went or, you know, a month or two ago on how, you know, my coaching process went with my kids or, you know, in their sports teams, or I'm thinking in the future of another goal and whatnot. And I don't take a lot of time to just be, you mm -hmm. know, be in the present and absorb the moment and, and be grateful for the moment and the opportunity um, that, that I have just to experience life and experience love and experience light ultimately. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, that's a great, great tip there, you know, and, and advice for, for those listeners. So I would just want to shift gears just slightly and let's just talk about relationship, whether that's with your children or your spouse, you know, it just relationship in general, especially for those that are close to us, you know, how, how do we thrive in relationship? 
Well, this is, I think, a more important conversation right now than it ever has been, as so many people are trapped at home, as they like to think, with their family, right? So when it comes to relationships, we need to be clear. People are not mind readers. I, I, I am. I can read people's minds, but most <laughs> people cannot. So when you're thinking that they should just know something, that's your first sign that they have no idea what you want them to do because <laughs> you've yep. not communicated it. So we want to be really clear in our communication and we want to let people know what it is that we would like, and what we expect. And another really important thing with relationships are boundaries. People think of boundaries as like a really bad word, <laughs> but boundaries are really important because they tell people what's okay and what's not okay. A behavior that's okay with me may not be okay with you, Andy, and vice versa, right? But people don't know that unless we say, hey, this behavior is okay and this behavior is not. And when we draw those boundaries, sometimes we're going to get some resistance from people. They're going to be like, why, why are you drawing this boundary? Why can't I do this? And so say, I need to draw this boundary for myself. And I ask you to respect it. And if they choose not to respect it, that tells you a lot about them and where they're at. And then you can start deciding how much more involved they are in your life, or if you can eliminate them a little bit from your life, or maybe even completely from your life. But we really want to be able to draw those boundaries and hold them. And I like to describe drawing a boundary and not holding it as a kid in a candy store. So if you have a kid in a candy store and you tell them you can have one piece of candy and they're like, but can't I have two? Can I have three? Can I have 10? Can I have a handful? Right. They just keep pushing. Right. It's the same thing when you draw a boundary. And if you say, no, I said one and you hold to that one, you know, the kid's going to be a little disappointed, but they're still happy that they got one. If you completely break down that boundary then that kid has no respect for you. They're not listening to you. And then before you know it, they've got hundreds of candies and they're completely out of control. And they're doing all these other things that you don't want them to do, right? Because they've had all this sugar and they're being crazy. It's the exact same thing with boundaries. So we want to make sure that we're drawing those boundaries in our lives. And we want to make sure that we're creating a time and a space for our relationships. We want to be present. We keep talking about that today, but it's super important. We want to be present when we're with those people that we love, whether it's our friends, don't be on your cell phone. Don't be checking the mail. Don't be checking your social media posts. Don't be thinking about what you got to do next. Be right here with them. Listen to them. Cherish them. You know, you may not remember what's happening, but I'll tell you what, if somebody passes suddenly, or even if it's, you know, it's coming, they're in hospice or whatever, you're going to remember your last moment with them. Crystal clear every single time. And so we don't always know when that last moment's going to be. So really spend that time and effort in those relationships because that's what brings you your happiness. Not the money, not the job. It's the relationships. That's your gold line. So how can we put more into that? Yes, definitely. And we're, su we're such connective beings in general, you know, mm -hmm. um, that these relationships are just so important to a lot of aspects of life, including, you know, balance and everything else, you know, and just want to talk about boundaries because, you know, we, my wife and I have done a lot of work ourselves to help grow our relationship and boundaries were a big aspect to kind of creating um, balance within our relationship. So, you know, that in the early days, it was, you know, if my wife needed to go, you know, take a break and go off to another room, 
you know, there would be something coming up in me. They're going, why is she taking a break? You know, and, and there'd be some friction there, you know, but now I completely understand, oh yeah, we need, I need to allow her to go take a break and have, have this boundary. And then me the same as well. And I realized, oh, you know what, it's okay for me to step away and go, you know, um, you know, take a, take a few minutes out on the farm by myself or step away and go to the golf course. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a double, you know, um, positive there where it's me allowing, allowing me to take a break and have a little self time, but also that self care element, mm -hmm. you know, and allow me to clear my mind. Uh, but communication is another big one. So I'm glad that you tapped in on, on that as well, because, you know, communication was the first step for us to create a thriving relationship, you know, mm -hmm. um, being clear on what we want in relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that was a very powerful tool to really get better at and something that I struggle with, you know, in the early days with our relationship was communicating um, the better that I got at this. And the same thing with my wife too, as we kind of, as we came together to redesign our relationship, it started with just communicating that we needed to do so. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. so and I so many people don't communicate, like, especially in the beginning, like if you know what you want and they know what they want and you guys do not want the same thing and you're not talking about that, that's going to lead to trouble down the road. So it's very important that we're clear in our communications because people yeah. are not mind readers. They're not. Exactly. Exactly. And then being present in the, in relationship, I think that's a very powerful, um, you know, uh, advice there is just to be present with that person and something, and to be honest, I need to, this is something that, you know, I can struggle with a bit too, whether that's just around the kids or whatever it might be. I need to remember to, you know, let's stop working because I work from home. So it's easy mm -hmm. to just get caught up in work all the time, you know, mm -hmm. and whether, you know, so it's like, okay, you know what? I need to stop and re-engage with my kids, um, with my animals, with my wife. Um, so it's just being present. We, you know, I, I love that. It's almost like the, the theme of, of today is just being <laughs> present, you know, be, just be. So, you know, Real quick, just for my, you know, me being a holistic animal health practitioner, there's going to be some pet owners and of course there's pet owners everywhere. So just talk about intuition and how people can use intuition um, to be more in tune, uh, more in tune pet owners, you know, how can they be more in tune with their animals? Can you, can you talk about, discuss a little bit of that? Absolutely. I teach people all the time that you can talk to your animals and they understand you. And all you have to do is make space. Like, I mean, I know that I have a lot of abilities that some people aren't even tapped into, but I can talk with my dog. I know exactly what my dog wants, what she needs, what she likes, what she doesn't like. And even if you can't talk with your dog in that way, your pet is going to give you signs. It's going to give you ways to know what it wants, what it needs, what it likes, what it doesn't like. And all you have to do is pay attention. You know, not what you think you should do or not what the book says you should do or what the Google says you should do, but what you actually are getting from your pet. They will tell you what they want and what they need. And animals love energy. I'll be doing a session with a client and my dog will come running in from a part of the house. She knows. She can sense it. She can sense the moment I start to do the energy work. And I'll apologize to my clients because you can hear her nails. Click, click, click. It doesn't matter what we do because we have tile and it just, you know, always makes a sound. But she knows. So animals are energetic beings. 
they can feel the love, they can feel the anger, they can feel it all. So really pay attention to what you're doing and what energy you're putting into them because they just are giving you love. Well, you may be, you know, for them, they're a part of your world. Oftentimes you're their whole world. So use your intuition, make time to be, connect with them, and you'll have a very strong relationship with your pets. Well said, well said, absolutely. And I think the animals, they all, they rely, they're so in tune to their own intuition. Mm -hmm. uh, we can learn from them and, and, and watch mm -hmm. them and see how they engage with that, you know, mm -hmm. and especially when you've got multiple of the same species and how they use this, you know, body language form of communication, whether they can just speak to each other you know in a way that's just beyond what most of us would even realize what's going on you know what I mean? mm -hmm. well yeah. and they always know when there's danger they have a sense yeah. when something's coming they yeah. they just they sense things because if you think about it they have nothing to do all day long but be present so if you could be present a fraction of what they're present imagine how in tune you would be Oh, wow. I didn't have never even thought about it that way. They are always present. They're always mm -hmm. just being, you know, yeah. that's awesome. Great advice there. So just in closing, I just want to, I, mean, I was on your website and, you know, before we close out, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you and, and, um, and, and whatnot. But before we get there, I was on your website and I was watching the YouTube video and you were talking about fear and this related to these current times. Uh, with this, you know, COVID-19 crisis going on. So if you don't mind, just maybe speaking a few words to those um, trying to, you know, in, in a fearful place and what's going on there. So we want to recognize that while it's okay to step into fear for a moment, if you feel like that's where you need to be, it is a low 